0: It's time for Running building the game, the building game, the game, game with, with Jason and friends. Table top game with Jason and friends. The the game, game, and friends it's at the end of the episode that's
1: when it technically ends. Hello and
2: welcome to Building the Game, a documentary podcast. Today is Monday, March twenty second. You're listening episode four hundred and sixty. This week, I am joined once again by Raven McKinsey. How's it going, Raven? Good, good. How's it going with you? Very good, very good. This is your uh your second time back. Mm-hmm. Uh I'm losing I'm losing count because because uh like Jamie's <laughs> been here twice already, but Kiri's only been here once and this is your second time, and so that I'm like, trying to remember like what's the order. I actually have it noted on my schedule, Raven McKenzie episode two. <laughs> so that I know this is your <laughs> second episode so I can keep track. And,
0: uh, uh
2: yeah, yeah. So, hey, how things' been going? It's been like you said ahead of time. it's been about a month or so since we've chatted
1: indeed, indeed, it feels like we last booked yesterday and two years ago, all at the same time
2: um, all at the same time <laughs> <laughs> pandemic time
1: right exactly. oh my gosh. um, but yeah, it's been going definitely been uh progress I'd say progressing <laughs> in my design that's
0: good, right?
2: good yes
1: yeah. right? trying to play more games um. Well, not you know, yeah. break my wallet, that that kind of stuff.
2: That's that's tough, right? That is tough to um to do that. I saw you were you had you had posted on uh Twitter several new games you got a hold of. It looked like right that was you. You did that recently.
1: I, 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 I posted one. I'm about to kickstart like four. This is a really good bad month for Kickstarters because there's a lot out there that I'm excited about, but I also there are. <laughs>
2: A lot. yeah i I've been I've been I have I had a pretty good drought for two or three years where I wasn't kickstarting a lot mm-hmm. and then I got back into the habit and it's just hard not to now I see a game and like and right now there's just so much uh plug for um for um Ben uh pinchback and Matt riddle and uh, Adam Hill's uh three sisters that looks really good that's the gardening <laughs> that's game
1: That's one of the ones um, that will be yeah yeah eventually. <laughs>
2: Yep. Yeah. I was like, I, I have to back this. Um, and there were some others of late. Too. Oh, Gift of Tulips looks yep. really good. Have you seen that one? Yeah. Oh. Uh, and we had Sarah on the show recently, actually, the designer, uh, to chat about it. So it sounds really cool. Yeah. Really cool. And
1: I love the whole dev team is all women, which is amazing. All I know, women. right? Right. So
2: cool. Yes.
1: Very cool. Uh, Very cool. One, what
2: else I has been jumping out at you?
1: Night Market? Like
2: night market, who who did that? I
1: um, Talon strikes, I believe. Oh, Talon
2: strikes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep.
1: Yep. Adam, Adam Zwayne, I want to say, is a designer. I, okay.
2: I okay. Not. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, but that's one where cause I always debate on like how far in am I going to go? Am I just going to get the game, or am I going to get the game plus like when they make two of their other games available, or you know? I
2: super struggle not to just go whole hog on the thing. Right. And just like buy it all. Like, so Mm -hmm. I I try and like set, like, I try to look and say like, what is it right? That like defines why would I want, um, why would I want, um, one or the other, right? Like, why would I Mm -hmm. want just the base game or why would I want all of it? You know, and they're people, have, they've gotten really good at putting in the stuff that you want, right. To mm-hmm. make you need, feel
1: like you need the bigger right. one. Right. Yes. Oh. Especially um, when the margins are small. Like if it's a difference between right. like the regular version, the Lux is like 10 bucks. It's like, wow. Well, yeah.
2: <laughs> that's just mean, right. It's just mean. <laughs> agreed. Uh, agreed. I like when the regular edition though is like 10 bucks more or 40 bucks more because 40 bucks, I'm I'm not going to, I mean, like the only (laughs) game I've ever backed the super deluxe edition that was much more was Marvel United, um, Mm -hmm. which I've talked about on the show before, which I'm actually supposed to get the rest of that this month. It's been like a year and a half, but it's like, it's a, it's an enormous game. I'm getting like eight game boxes. Oh my god! It will literally be like, it comes with, I don't know, like 150 or something crazy like that miniatures and um it's it's a game with all the marvel superheroes in it and it's just what i like about it is it's a co-op family like it's a co-op game you can play with your family mm-hmm. um and my kids are in love with it um so yeah we've just been playing the base game but the rest mm-hmm. of it comes and um that was like i went into that being like i'm gonna spend 300 dollars on this game and then it only it was less than that and i was like yay it was free
1: <laughs> oh my gosh oh yeah what are the other
2: ones that oh go ahead go ahead.
1: No, no, just saying, you know, especially when, because especially when they have uh, discounts versus what the real t- retail version would be. Yeah. Be like, ah, yeah. I have to buy it now. I can't wait until right, right, later.
2: Or the ones that you know, like, will never hit outside of it, too, mm-hmm. right? Where it's like, this will be Kickstarter only. Um, and you're like, okay, well, I, 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 if I want this, it's now or never. Um yeah. The, uh, one of the other ones that got me recently was, um, kids table, uh, board games, uh, did creature comforts.
0: Um,
2: I don't know if you saw that or not. Oh, wow. But like, I, like they convinced me to like back for the extra bits and stuff. So like I got an, because the meeples and stuff were so good. I'm like, my kids like to design games and stuff. I'm Like they'll be in love with this. Mm -hmm. so i um so i it was like and it was like 10 bucks extra and i was like
0: i'll get
2: it it's fine
0: Uh, um
2: so yeah yeah it uh that one though that literally looks like to me if it plays the way i hope it does that literally looks like my perfect game like that's like that is the exact game i've been looking for uh um so i'm i'm pretty stoked about that
1: it definitely. It looks. I think I. I think it was at Gen Con online. They might have been doing demos, and I got to mm, play a version mm-hmm. of it. And it was definitely like, "Oh my gosh, it's so comfortable!" And all these animals. Like, how could you not want? I know, this? right? <laughs> I know. And it's got a
2: great name. It's got right? alliteration. It's a pun. I mean, like, it's just like, you know, it's exactly. everything.
1: It's everything. But I definitely do. I like what you said earlier about like when you're evaluating, you know, like what is it about this game that I really want? Why would I get one version versus the other? Like that's Mm -hmm. I I feel bad that I'm not a day one backer for most of the Kickstarters, but like I need to take time to make sure, like, do I really want to buy this game or do I want it to want it and not actually like when I get it, I won't be as, you know.
2: (sighs) Yeah. Good, good on you for making that decision. Cause I don't ever make that thought. Well, I've, I've gotten better about it, but I used to just be like, I, I'm going to play this game so much. And then like, I bet I have 20 or more games still in shrink Ugh. from Kickstarter that I've never played. Uh, and it's probably less than that now because I've, I've sold them. <laughs> <But> <laughs> not like I sold them for what I paid for them. Right. right like,
1: exactly. Oh, far less
2: um and then i have a problem where like my friend jason katarski will post like oh i'm getting rid of some games and he prices them super uh, cheap and oh no. when i was like oh, i'll take these two like oh gosh man what a what a bummer
1: the collection <laughs> so, grows and grows
2: <laughs> it does it does um, yeah. so uh so something i wanted to talk about with you this time that we missed last time which was totally my fault we we're going to talk about sure. it and then we got engrossed in our conversation and we didn't. Was um. So the IGDN, uh, the Indie Game Developers Network, they do uh, a diversity sponsorship every year. Uh, yep. And their 2020 cohort group was a group of awesome people. And that also included you uh, as one of the awesome people, um, which I found out just after we had asked you to do this, uh, to be one of the people on the show. And then it's like, oh, boom. Like, and you also you know, had this opportunity. Right. So... Um, Yeah. Yeah. So I would love to know what all that entailed and, and, you know, what you did with that.
1: It was definitely, oh my gosh. Um, it was intense in the best way possible. Um, essentially for the whole month of November, um, Mm -hmm. we're in workshops, we're doing play testings. We had one-on-one meetings with, um, Names in whether it was board game design or tabletop RPG design. Um, And it was just, I I definitely, I would have grown in my design process without it, but definitely nowhere near the same rate that I did through it. And I also... Oh,
2: I can only imagine, yeah.
1: Right? Like, even just the application, even if I hadn't gotten in, I actually joined Twitter uh, as a part of my application thing. I wasn't on Twitter (laughs) before. Uh, yeah. definitely a lot more active on it now, but like, you know, I wouldn't even have a presence in the Twitter community if not for this sponsorship. So um, it's definitely the people, and I'm still in contact with um, this, the cohort. A lot of us, of course we follow each other on Twitter. There are a few people that we um, Chitty and Bassy. we play test together like once a month. Oh, cool! Um, Cause it's helpful to that accountability piece that also like just checking oh, yeah. in and talking about our experiences um, it's been a really great for the the professional development and also just the relationship building, um, with others in the cohort.
2: Absolutely. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic. I'm super glad that you were selected to be part of that and that you, you truly tried to make the most out of it, which is awesome. Right. You know, um, you hope that the people that are chosen for, for, um, any sort of, you know, group like that, that you're able to like actually forge relationships and learn from it and stuff, you know, um, I mean, yeah, because it can be it can be, it can be tough, you know, especially in a year like twenty twenty, where right. everything was so topsy turvy. The fact that you know people doing that committed to like really doing it that's awesome. So I'm that's really glad that that worked out for you.
1: I think it helped too, just the leadership, kind of similar to the mentorship program. Mike and Grace are phenomenal with the IGGN sponsorship. At that time, uh, Kate and Camden they were. Um, coordinating a lot of the program and like mm-hmm. so many emails back and forth so many things scheduled across seven different <laughs> time zones like props to them for it was just so well executed um and it was so much more in a, in a typical year it would be we'd all meet at metatopia in person and we do our play tests and meet and greet and things like that but because there was mm-hmm. no in person they were able to spread it out over the course of the full month and do some extra things um, and so right, right. super excited for how they, um, Omari is the new president. Camden is still serving as a diversity chair, um, how they continue to develop the program moving forward. Um, it's, it was definitely a great experience.
2: That's fantastic. Yeah. I saw that, that Omari was the new president and I was like, well, that's awesome. Right. Omari's great. So yeah, yeah. Really very excited about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then the other thing that I happened to stumble upon, you didn't tell me this one. I just stumbled upon this. I was looking at the group of, uh, the, the new people, the new like positions at Unpub and they added this, this great advisory committee. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and, uh, there were some awesome people in there, including you, which I thought was really cool. So, um, so t- how, how did you get into that?
1: It was, it was a similar, uh. Heather had reached out to, she's been on the board and she does, she does so much in so many places. Um, she is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, Heather O'Neill, she had reached out to Camden from the sponsorship asking if he knew of anyone. I'm sure she reached out to many people kind of looking around for people who might be interested. Um, mm-hmm. chatted, um it was a good fit. And so it's awesome. a, a two-year position um, that we're a few months into and it's been awesome so far. Getting to help with organizing for a uh, nun pub and making future plans for our future nun pubs and eventually another unpub. Yeah. One and eventually
2: day. <laughs> unpubs in person.
1: Right. Exactly. Um, You picked a tough
2: time to to a two-year commitment to that because there's so much to figure out and so much to be done.
1: So much. Oh my gosh. And we'll really see like, I remember, you know, back in last summer, we're like, okay, next summer, everything will be fine. And now it's like, "Mm, I don't know. (laughs) So we'll definitely see, but it's definitely been a great experience too.
2: That's awesome. That's awesome. And I, I, yeah, I mean, speaking of things back to normal, you know, I know that we're doing a huge vaccination push. So hopefully, you know, most people are able to get it, you know, in the not too distant future. Um, In Michigan, uh, where we both are, it opens up to everyone on April 5th. Yeah. Um, So if you haven't been vaccinated, like, you know, if you're a listener here, please go do that.
0: Right. Um,
2: a lot of people I know have already been uh, at least had one dose in uh, simply because of their position or whatever. Michigan has been really good about opening up to for for more and more reasons as we've you know been pretty good about getting through it um, my one fear is that like how many people aren't getting it that it like they don't want it, <laughs> that it's making this available yes. to more people
1: that is definitely a question and i wonder too like over on the, the east side where i'm at there seems to be just because there's such a big medical hospital like there mm-hmm. hasn't been enough for those who are 50 and up yet i think they were just made okay. up a little while yeah. ago um but i think i know someone in the center of michigan who was able to like a casino had them and they're like come on down and get <laughs> your vaccine." spin so, the wheels <laughs> See if you get a vaccine. Take a voucher for gambling afterwards. she's like, "No, I'm just gonna go back to work now, but thanks for the vaccine <laughs> Like, you know, so i'm I'm definitely I am hopeful that there will be one for me after the fifth, keeping my ear to the ground for like whether it's a casino or a clinic or whatever it is, because um, it, it definitely I think it's a, a bit stretched on this side, but, yeah, yeah. Hopefully i think was it may something there's a hope that everyone who wants it will have it
2: yeah um, yep yeah and we'll be we'll be you know that'll be close but it sounds like we've already broken 100 million doses ahead of schedule so that's good. great that's
0: good um that's over
2: great. over here it's been a lot more open for more people to get it gotcha. um they um i i was registered through meyer and uh, never heard anything, right? Like, cause cool. I met some qualifications. Was registered through, uh, so I registered through Meyer. Never heard anything, and then a friend of mine said, "Well, hey, if you check out, they just opened it up at another place." So mm-hmm. I was able to just get my first dose um, mm, this week um, oh, because yeah. Kalamazoo County is doing a really hard push to get a lot of people vaccinated um, uh, because uh, our numbers are spiking again. Uh, so, um, so they're nervous. So they're like, "We're gonna get, a- we're gonna," because they we just we just have less people over here right you know um Mm -hmm. so and uh yeah but obviously the east side of the state um lots of people and unfortunately commonly it feels like neglected in general um so yeah so um yeah i've heard some people who've gotten it i'm like how did you get it like you know
1: and i'm like that's insane um (laughs) how did you get it right it's definitely hear stories of like sometimes and it happens if a clinic they can't hold it anymore they have to get rid of it they just tell Mm -hmm, people to mm -hmm. come on down um and then other times it's like well maybe maybe do a lot of my friends have things i don't know about i guess perhaps i don't know but yeah definitely seeing a lot of friends that already have in in michigan
2: Michigan and some other states actually quite a few have opened it up to people with like chronic health conditions mm-hmm. and they're not always things you can see right so you'll right, see someone exactly. get it and you're like oh they must have something you know
0: mm-hmm. going
2: on uh and so then good for them that they were able to right. get it right exactly. I mean that's you know exactly. um they made those they made that kind of cascade or waterfall of who needs to get it and when uh for a reason because then I heard mm-hmm. some people say, well. If I have this condition, but I'm younger and it's like, no, no, no. Like if you have it and they if you qualify right. yes, get it, exactly. right? Like yeah. the day that you qualify, sign up. Go get it. Um exactly. so you know, yeah, yeah. Um, um and we were thankful to be able to do that just because like we do some caregiving things with some family and stuff. And so mm-hmm. like it's just yeah, it 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 helps a lot. Um agreed.
1: agreed. It helps
2: a lot. So um, um, but yeah, it, it it's uh, I, I can't wait till everyone has it though, because uh, um, yes. yeah, and I can't wait to get another dose so that I feel like it's actually doing something because you know, right, right now, like I realized that it's basically like nothing. No, uh, yeah. So, basically, it's like I had a sore arm, like a really sore arm for a day for no reason. <laughs> um, I just gotta wait a while until it starts to be useful. Ah, mm. um, uh, so yeah, so um. So the topic you wanted to talk about today uh, was you. And I said, hey, "What do you want to talk about?" And You said, "I don't know. Like, I kind of want to talk about Roll and Write games." And I was like, "Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, as the listeners know, I'm a big fan of Roll and Write games. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's such a huge, broad topic that I actually asked you ahead of time, like, what what specifically do you want to talk about around those? Because there's so <laughs> many things. Like we could take it in so many directions. Right. Um. And uh. And yeah, do you want to say what you were thinking to talk about? Do you yeah. want me to introduce it? It doesn't matter well, to me.
1: I think I could so sort of like because I know for me, I didn't really the first time I even heard about roll and rights, I just thought immediately dice rolling and then doing a thing like, is that
2: Nazi right? <laughs> right. <laughs> yes.
1: That doesn't sound like you know something that I don't know. It just didn't seem heavy enough. But then like. Mm-hmm as I started watching various content creators play like welcome to you and um, various smoothie was another one. Like they can have cute themes, but like it, it doesn't necessarily mean that it has to be like, I think it's still, they hold, they can hold their own in the in the the mm-hmm. realm. Yeah. Of theme,
0: oh, yeah. you know?
1: So something that I had to like overcome that initial, like die. No, I don't want to play. That
2: game. Right. Right.
1: But, yeah.
2: When we were talking before we started recording, you know, and you had mentioned that one of the first things I said was that was there was this open rejection. I felt like to roll and write games by some some pretty good designers, some of which I know who I won't name names who now have published roll and write games. So. uh, But anyways, they had just said, you know, I don't think I'd ever design a roll and write game. You know, I mean, sure, it might be fun, but it's just not really, you know, my thing. Mm hmm. And I instantly fell in love with the idea of Roll and rights when when one thing clicked for me, and this was, like, I think the biggest thing with role. So I like to design small games, right? Gotcha. Like smaller games, um, you know, twenty to thirty bucks, mm-hmm. not super long. But I, st- but but a lot of times, like, one of the limitations you run into when you're trying to design those games is simply components, right? Yep. You want to design a twenty to thirty dollar game. There's only so many components you can have, right? And so many things I wanted to design was a, were about building or like creating things or storing and using things, right? And it always required like 8 million shits or, you know, like, you know, <laughs> tokens or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. But with Roll and Write games, it solves the problem for you, right? I can have a pad of paper and right. it can be, it can be, it can take the place of a hundred bits that you might need in your game, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, that was a big turning point in like, I thought they were fun to play, but mm-hmm. like to, to, to be fair, most of the first roll and write games we saw came out, I think previous to welcome Two, mm-hmm. a lot of the roll and write games were really like, they were really just dice and number games. Right. It felt like, mm-hmm. at least that's what I was seeing where it's like, roll these dice, put a number here. And I mm-hmm. understand that welcome to is some of that, um, <laughs> but welcome to really branched it out into like a large a large pad right you've got this big Mm -hmm. board you can write on um
1: so do you've played have you played welcome to so i haven't played it myself i've watched it played a lot um i had a welcome to phase for a little um but it's definitely one that eventually i'd like to add uh, to the games that i own um but i haven't actually Mm -hmm. played it for myself yet
2: right so one of the interesting things I was just curious because I wanted to know your take on playing it
0: mm-hmm.
2: so it is right now I would say it's one of the it's one of if not the most loved roll and right game right
0: mm-hmm.
2: um and I love roll and right games mm-hmm. and I played that game and I didn't like the game um and I don't know why it was this really weird disconnect for me of like it just didn't i don't I don't know there was just i I can't even describe it but there was something about it that just didn't fit for me to where like I was like I should really play this again sometime because maybe I missed something like maybe I just mm-hmm. missed something right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah because I mean I'm willing totally because everyone else I played the game with was like this is so good and I'm like I mm-hmm. don't get it huh. Um, and I was so stoked to play it right because mm-hmm. like again I love rolling rights there's like a million versions of that game it's everyone loves yes. it Indeed. and it just didn't click for me um so yeah i think once then you know the whole pandemic hit so i think once because okay. it was literally i think the last convention i went to where i played it oh. and had this like lackluster experience and was oh, really bummed. No. so yeah so i'll have to try and play it again mm-hmm. um you know uh yeah i'll have to try and play it again uh when we get all get back together again and then hopefully i'll just be like oh you moron this is great you know <laughs> Like I mean, you sometimes you play a game you're just not feeling it, and then you realize it's you. It's not the game. It's you, right?
1: I <laughs> definitely I've had that happen a couple times, um, but yeah, it's something about it. Just the you know whether it's rolling the die and then everyone taking one of the die, or if you roll the die and then everyone mm-hmm. decides different actions that they want to do based on the die. Um, and then just the, 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 different combinations that you could, the, the different mechanics you could add in with that, or you can do a, yeah, yeah. a roll and something else it doesn't even necessarily have to be a roll and write. Um, it just seems like another cool, almost in some ways, I know definitely, uh, I started to make one myself and one of the initial challenges I had, you kind of touched on it before, is just, you know, the components of it and trying to keep it. Mm-hmm um very streamlined and not adding in you know it's right. fine to have a deck of cards but like you know do you really need tokens or tiles or other right, right. You know? exactly especially if are trying not to or even the so something i ran into very quickly um was the notion that i think there's a, t- a trend i don't know the percentage but there are a decent number of roll and rights that are lighter games and then there's like a yep. small number of medium ones and like a handful of heavy roll and write games um, right 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 and so one i did was uh, it was definitely a medium to I, it wasn't heavy but definitely at least a medium and the theme plus that weight just kind of wasn't meshing well for some players oh,
2: okay yeah that's fair
1: Right, so definitely need to go back to the drawing board and kind of either take some stuff out. Probably take some stuff out is the answer. I think that's almost always the answer.
2: Right, right, right.
1: Um,
2: but yeah, it's interesting you you say that though the theme meshing issue, and I I've seen that actually. Like, I think that's one of the hardest things about roll and write games, or even just you know random and write games in general. Whether it's a flip and write or you know or whatever, mm-hmm. I think the best ones are where the theme feels apparent in the mechanics of the game. So, like, my my favorite roll-and-write right now, I, I think, I, I change my mind sometimes, but I think it's Silver and Gold by Pandasaurus, mm. um, which is a game where you are, it's a flip-and-write, there's no dice, you flip a card over, it's a it's a Tetramino uh, 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 card, right? So mm-hmm. you flip it over got a shape, that tetromino shape. I'm um, sorry. I said that twice. Uh, anyways. Uh, and then you, uh, you fill that in with X's uh, on a beach, right? Like on a sandy beach area. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's because you are digging for gold. Right. Like, so you're like X marks the spot, right? You're a pirate. Right. You're, you're trying to get silver and gold. Right. So the theme just really, really fits into what you're trying to do. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think because of that, it uh that's one of the things that just works really well for me Mm -hmm. um is because when there's that cohesiveness between the two it um it just adds a legitimacy to it you know what i mean um where like some of the other ones i've played that i haven't liked i feel like the theme is disconnected a little more um yeah. Yeah. But I, I'm super in a theme though, in general. So even for my lighter games, like I want the theme, the mechanics and the theme to fit, right. right. To feel like, you know, exactly. Oh yeah, this feels like I'm doing this thing, you know? Mm-hmm. So.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Otherwise there's that like dissonance, like, wait, this doesn't quite make exactly, sense. Exactly.
2: Exactly. Right?
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
2: so, so yeah, it's not surprising to me that like trying to design your first one that like you, you ran into some issue with that where like the theme and the weight and everything just wasn't fitting. Right. Um, I, I know I've on several of the roll and rights I've worked on, I've had that problem. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. It's definitely to the point where when, especially when I was first designing it, I wanted to make a roll and write, but then like, I kept making different variants of different complexities. I was like, well, maybe I'll make a regular board game, and let will make a roll and write at the uh-huh. same time. And I was like, why don't you finish one of them first, <laughs> and then you can maybe just... Well, why not?
2: You could finish neither and just keep <laughs> working on more.
1: <laughs> exactly. Just have uh, 20 iterations. That's uh, the best yeah. Um.
2: Right, yeah. right, right, right. Uh, so, um. oh, go ahead, go ahead.
1: Yeah, so I was just going to say, so the, the game itself, um, it's a... The the theme of this one is it was very much a what's the best way to put it? Um so it's a hostel builder, um, but set in New Orleans because it's a city that I love. I used to visit every year up until of course now, not possible. Right. right. I have been there in a year and a half or so. Um, but essentially it was like, you know, you build your hostel and then in the next phase you like welcome guests and you take them around the town. So there's like food tours and swamp tours and occult tours and lots of other stuff. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah, Right. Exactly. Like, I was just like, Oh, all the things that I want to do, but can't do right now. And I'm sure other people do as well. Um, mm-hmm. But it was just a quickly the weight of it for being a role and right. Although I've gotten feedback, like, Oh, I could see it working if you fine tune some other things or like maybe get rid of one phase and keep the other phase, maybe just have it be like show okay. people around okay. the city kind of thing. Um, so definitely still thinking through like ultimately what what do i want people to see through this game and then that'll help me decide like is it the hostel building that i want to that was a lot of the role part was for deciding like are you going to put in a bunk bed a double bed a single bed and like if you have a toilet make sure there's walls around and otherwise that's just a weird piece of art decor that you can't actually <laughs>
2: use and it's uh, a different kind of hostel
1: Right. Oh my gosh. Like ex- how much puzzly spatial stuff do I want in there versus how much is it more about like optimizing your staff and showing them around town and this and that. Um, cause there's so much, like, I think the artwork for it is what like I can see some really cool stuff. Um, yeah. but just getting that, you know, getting it to feel the mechanics and the theme having them align is what like was kind of tripping me off right, a little
0: bit. Right.
1: So but yeah, it's definitely been an interesting road so far, for sure.
2: So for so for part of it you are you're attempting to build out your hostel, like physically build it out. And then um for the tours thing, is that just like a you've got guests you're now sending them on tours or offering them tours? Like how does how does the guest system work to getting people in and doing stuff with them?
1: Right. So um the way it's set up right now, like the building part it takes like seven days or so each each day or each turn is a, a week or so when you build things and whatnot and then during part of that you hire your own staff and you train them up on different areas um is it mm-hmm. new orleans for a lot of the city tours they give them um if you're a tour guide you can get free training for additional tours um, and mm-hmm. so, kind of using that piece. And then with the guests, you would roll a die. You roll two die. One, you could determine that the number of guests that are arriving there, and the other is how many nights they're staying. Uh, and oh, okay. then you roll again to determine, like, if a guest wants to do a certain type of tour or if they have their own plans and they don't really want to do anything with you because that happens a lot too. Um, and so, uh, that was kind of you use your staff to take them around on the tours, but like, that part was a five day, five round uh time frame, and you had to optimize your staff after the first three days. Like, if they went out again, they would only make half of the tips. If they went out on the fifth time, like you get no tips because they're tired, they don't want to work, they, they're right, right, kind of thing. Um, and so there's like a tip jar mechanic because if anyone's been down there, you know that tips are definitely tips are a thing everywhere in the U.S. But they're definitely a tip. Um, there, and so making sure they get tipped well. Um, mm-hmm. but it, it just for that part, especially the guest staying overnight, the even with the rates set at two dollars, three dollars, four dollars, the numbers got pretty up there pretty quickly.
2: Oh, <laughs> right, right.
1: Right. And so, uh, <laughs> how do I make guests stay over and tip people without having people, you know, have to have a calculator while they play is something that I'm currently
2: working through right 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 no and that is um you know so that is an issue i've seen with other roller rights, including one that i'm working on where like yeah like that um either during the game or end game that math can be really heavy right Mm -hmm. because you don't have tokens that you can put into stacks right um so you know where you just like stack up the tokens and now i know how much i'm making you know um so yeah i can absolutely see why that could get out of hand really quick Mm -hmm. do you have thoughts on simplifying like so when you said you said earlier you said i feel like i probably have to take something out like so like if you were going to because well so you've got let me let me first i want to see if i heard you right before i had you so you have somewhat of a spatial element to actually physically building your hostel Mm -hmm. is that correct uh you have the um the guests who come and they're going to just that's going to determine how many nights they stay and things like that but then also in addition to that you have are they going to do anything with us right and then you have your staff yep and then you have the tip jar yeah is that did i miss
1: anything there's two other things there's like a comfort index like in order for your hostel to be efficient, you have to have, if your occupancy is a certain level, you have to have a certain number of like showers and toilets and other things. Otherwise your guests will be upset with you. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's something Mm -hmm. that um, it makes sense when you're thinking about like actually having people there, but like, I don't know if it's too in the weeds for the game, you know, so that might be something that uh, taken out. Um, There's also like a, a, spectrum where you could increase or decrease prices arbitrarily, but you would get either bonus or negative points for being super economical or being kind of like a, I don't know, ripping off your customers. Essentially you make money while you do it. Right. right. Or, you know, so there's definitely a lot of added pieces in there that, um, I think will probably have to be cut back just for our, Ease of play um,
2: and getting the theme across. Yeah, it. yeah. I, I at least, I mean, as an outsider who's never played the game, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
2: like my gut says that I would cut a couple things, right? Basically, and this is this is my advice towards that is, figure mm-hmm. out what's either the most taxing, uh, like mentally, right, like, mm-hmm. or what is the least fun, which are probably the same two things, um, and you know, and then try and cut a couple of those things to do that um so one of the cool things you can always do is Mm -hmm. you can always add those back later of course or you can always add those as a variant play style right i mean those are those are two totally okay things to do um so yeah so that would be i mean that's kind of my advice is i always try to start simple like the fact that you were able to design a game with all those moving parts as a roll and write Mm -hmm. uh and even like be able to play test it like i could not do that (laughs) (laughs) I have to start like small and like like I have a note over here on my little marker board I keep next to my desk of a name Mm -hmm. of a game that I want to design. It's a roll and write game. I've been working on that on that words written there. I've been thinking about those for probably a year now.
0: Mm -hmm. And
2: because there's too many, there's there needs to be a, a, a large number of moving parts to make it work. Mm-hmm. But making it a roll and write simplifies those moving parts and makes tracking way easier and makes the game could be nice and small. Mm-hmm. But I still, every once in a while, I'm like, oh, yep, okay, it's also got to do that. Make a note of that. Like, okay, like, so, so the fact that you're able to do that is anytime a designer can do that, it just amazes me because I'm like, I, I just, like, I, there's a reason I design smaller games <laughs> because that works for my brain.
1: Oh my God. It's definitely, I think I just need to take out my handy dandy editing tool and just, so I think that's, it, it comes easy to like, Oh, but what about this detail? What about this detail? What about this detail? And then right, I'll, right. I'll have a giant player mat that <laughs> if I were to right, play, right. It would be ridiculously large. Um, but yeah. Well, and
2: the other thing is so like, so the other thing that I didn't even think of is not thinking about rolling rights. I'm also a huge fan of simulation games, right? So, you know, mm-hmm. games that attempt to simulate something real. Mm-hmm. Um, and, one of the best pieces of advice someone gave me in regards to simulation games was basically like you, you have to, you have to simulate it. Like you can't, otherwise you might as well just do it. Right. So like if you, if, if you're doing every single thing and because of you're doing every small little step, Uh um, like you might as well just go build a hostel and rent it out to people. Right. Obviously that's far fetched because that's a (laughs) whole other thing you'd have to go do. But like uh, you want it to uh, simplify the game, simplify the steps in a way to where you just have to do the fun stuff, right? Right. Um, so those are those are from from my personal experiences and advice I've been given. Those are the those are the hopefully the best, most helpful pieces <laughs> of advice I can give you. Um, you know, towards working, you know, towards that end.
1: Thank you for that. That definitely makes sense. And I'll, I'll I'll definitely. Look back and see, you know, how can I simplify this more? What is 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 the least fun? <laughs> right, right. And get rid of some of those pieces for sure.
2: And the other thing I think you can consider too, like in any game, is like I started with loving rolling rights, and now I'm way more into the idea of not rolling rights, of flipping rights, or you know, drafting rights, or all sorts of different things. <laughs> Some games do mix those together, though, to where like you might have a dice system for one piece, but then you flip a card over to do something else each round. You know, Um, you know, maybe the flipping the card over will tell you like what somebody wants, you know, Mm -hmm. um, to do with that. Right. Um, Though a roll and write you may want to check out thinking about this now is Corinth. Corinth is a roll and write. If you haven't tried it, I've only played it once, but I liked it enough that I bought it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a good size, like it's a good size, um, mat. like it's, oh gosh, I want to say it's like, it's at least six by six. Okay. And it might be like eight by eight. It's, it's good size. The box is, is thin, but, but big, you know? Yes. Um, so, um, and the reason I suggest that one is that game has so many things you can do in the game. Um, but really, it's just dice drafting. You draft dice, and then you have a million choices of what to do with dice drafting. Okay. Um, but really, you're just dice drafting. Um, and I think the system they use, if I, I could be wrong, but if I remember correctly again, it's been a while. Is that you roll the dice, and then you pair up the numbers. So, like, you roll, like, ten dice, say, and then <laughs> you match them to the different numbers. And then you draft all of one number. Oh. So... Okay. So if you really want a number, but there's only one there, then mm-hmm. you only get the one. Right? right. Um. But, you know, you might take a suboptimal number to get more dice to work with. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So. So, yeah, that's just one that comes to mind. Even if you just like watch a playthrough video of it or something, mm-hmm. uh, it might spark your your mind into some ways you could simplify some stuff. Because gotcha. that game, when I first looked at it, I was like, there's no way like my wife and I are not going to be able to play this. And and then my friend Jason walked us through it, and we're like, all right, let's give it a go. Mm-hmm. And then we loved it, loved it. So, okay. um yeah, so that might be worth checking. Out. It's got like these weird mechanics where like you, you can have this person walk around on the board, like, but they can't ever follow. They have they can never go back through the same path again. So you're moving around the board trying to get do things as uh-huh. just like one thing you could do. It's so it's interesting. Okay.
1: That sounds really cool. I'll have a check that one out
2: so yeah yeah and again i don't even think you need to play it i think if you just were able to watch it played that probably okay. be enough to you know okay see
0: good good um, um
2: so any other like roll and write type thoughts on um mm-hmm. like is there anything that like you like are really into with the role, like specifically like anything else that really like you're really into with a roll and write or something that really pops up as like something you really don't care for about roll and um, um,
1: I'll touch it. It's kind of roll and write adjacent, I suppose, but I Hey, you that's
2: right. totally cool too. <laughs> right.
1: Uh, How there's more than just roll and write. there's a roll and X, Y, Z. Uh, yep. Yep. I think trying to design a roll and write has helped me like, Before it, I felt like I was getting into my own box about like, this is how I'm going to design a game and I'm going to do this, 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 and that. And not always using the same mechanics, but it just felt very, I don't know, like I was getting into a group that I didn't necessarily want to be in. And so trying to do the role Mm -hmm. right and then Mm -hmm. also thinking about other mechanics and other roles and whatever, and then thinking about other just types of games in general. I think it was very helpful for like, you know, adding something new and fresh into the mix of, like, my arsenal of different mechanics to use, different um, themes to look into. um, And there's different things that you can have players do. Um, It's definitely been helpful as I, like, try to, as I ideate on other game designs and try to bring those to life, it feels much better. I'm coming at it in a better direction than I was prior to investigating more Roll and Rise for sure.
2: Oh, that's fantastic. Yep. I really think that, um, for any designer, but especially for, for newer designers that trying to design games that are outside of your comfort zone and outside of like your wheelhouse of like what you would normally design Mm -hmm. is really, really good for your design mind. I think, um, you know, I spent a lot of time when I was first designing, designing like very specific card type games. Right. And Mm -hmm. And those were great and I like designing those, but it, I'm really comfortable designing those. Mm. And then I sat down and designed my first roll and, right, and was like, well, this is going to be easy. <laughs> and that game never happened because it was so hard and mm-hmm. so difficult that I could never figure it out. Um. So I think that, you know, like, and I do this via co-design where like, um, I might have a co-designer friend who's into like heavier games than I am. And I'm like, I would never design this on my own, but I'll design it with you. Yeah. That sounds great. Like, mm-hmm. um, and then I can learn about, uh, I can learn about, um, you know, a different style of designing. Right. Um, and I think that like, you can really, uh, take that and turn it into something, you know, useful. Um, I, I know that, uh, I think it was when Ben Pinchback was on, he mentioned that designing with Adam Hill, that. Adam Mm -hmm. is really good at creating systems for like, so they said, if we have a Euro, we can take it to Adam and he can create these systems that will work and be fun, right? Mm -hmm. And it turns out that's also a huge benefit to designing a more complex roll and write. So -hmm. so they were able to go to him to co-design the roll and write because, you know, that was helpful. So so I think that that's, you know, I I think those, even if they're just a thought experiment where you just, I do this sometimes, you just open a notepad and just start typing about a game. And mm-hmm. coming up, how would this work? How would that work? And even if at the end you're like, I would never design this game, you still had a bunch of ideas that you very well maybe will incorporate somewhere else. Exactly. So, so yeah, yeah. That's Perfect. you know,
1: for sure. There was a, a workshop. I think it was a couple weeks back now, or a, a webinar. Um, also, the mm-hmm. mentorship program um, where they had it was literally one on design, and it was like iterating very quickly in like not even ten minutes. Each like three different designs using three different prompts and that and it's yeah the first one i remember like ah i don't know what to do (laughs) but it got (laughs) easier the the more that the second one was a lot easier the third one was like okay this is easy but that first like just getting out of your normal process but once you do that Mm -hmm. the world opens up to you
0: right right right
1: um um, that's why i think i might um I've always, so one of the other reasons why I got into and Rights was noticing the the contest on, I think it was around the time that BGG was having their sixth annual question mark and Right Contest. I think that was the one that happened uh, this past <laughs> winter. Um, but like wanting to submit something in time for one of those was like, maybe this will be like a nice way to finish something. And also try mm-hmm. something out, but then that's when it got way way complicated and didn't submit it. But it was still a good activity in and of right, itself. Right. Right. Now, and we'll see where that design goes. But, but yeah. I
2: have never successfully submitted a game to a um, to a Game Crafter contest or a BGG contest because I never can get it done in time. Um, so yeah, I in fact I've only submitted to a few contests two of which were RPG contests. So really it was like, I can just write this and not uh-huh. have to, like, I don't have to do a bunch of iterating.
0: Mm-hmm. I can write it.
2: I can review it. I can have some people read through it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the only other one that I was ever submitted to was uh, one year. I went crazy and submitted five games oh to God. a design contest that Buttonshy was having. Um, oh. and, and one of those games ended up being, I think a finalist. It didn't win, but I, I want to say it was like a, like a top five or something, which That's was, right. I was just elated. Oh uh, elated so much that i never did one again i was like i leave uh, <laughs> almost champion right,
1: exactly. Oh, but
2: but one thing i do with design contests sometimes knowing that the limitations that i'm just really bad at getting them done in time mm-hmm. um i still like you know you were saying you tried to enter the one and it just didn't work out but obviously you have a game now you're working on from that and that's awesome and that's you mm-hmm. know one of the things that i've done where i'm like well I'm not going to finish this game, but like, you know, one of the games I'm most passionate about right now that I have, and I'm working on with Jonathan Schaffer um, is exists because um, button shy had a contest where it was design a game with 18 cards. Every card has to be exactly the same, like literally 18 cards that are the same, um, which sounds ridiculous. Right. Um, yet. Uh, according to Jason, when he was on the show, they got more entries from that than they've ever gotten for any other contest. It was over wow. 250 entries or something like that. Oh and God. they published three or four of those games huh. because people broke it. People figured out how to do it, right? Which is insane. And mm-hmm. I, I was not one of those people. Uh, I had an amazing idea uh that I couldn't do. Like I was like, I just I don't have the like I don't have the design skills to figure this out. Mm-hmm. Um but then was like, but I could do it if I had more than 18 cards. <laughs> so <laughs> I just designed that game with with Jonathan instead. Mm-hmm. Um but like but you know that I think contests are a great way to to be mm-hmm. able to just kind of you know flex your brain in a new way and uh yeah so I think that's great that you're looking at those and trying those out. Mm-hmm. Um I wish that I did more of them frankly. Um mm-hmm. Yeah, because because I do enjoy uh, the process. I just don't enjoy like Game Crafter is is the worst. Like, don't get me wrong, I love Game Crafter. When I say Game Crafter is worth, I mean like their contests require such deliberate action because you have mm-hmm. to design the game, load the game into their system, mm-hmm. buy the game, have it sent to you, test the game, like get a copy sent to you to use real pictures, and then submit it like oh, officially. God. Yeah. um i've never got past the design the game step i've designed the game but like the idea of like getting it designed in time to get it printed and sent to me like oh my gosh, yeah yeah it's, never gonna, <laughs> yeah. it's literally yeah. never gonna happen uh, know, and it's great for them because they give out some prizes but they sell a bunch of games and then they also create a bunch of content for their website mm-hmm. where now they have more games to sell right um so it's genius it's great for everyone uh yes. i'm just really bad at it <laughs>
1: I suffer the same thing I mean like I there was another one I think it was like a Christmas game design, or something like that it's one about like wreaths on your front door or whatever it was something I would have never made uh-huh. a gift anyway but I'm like this is kind of cool like you know who was the coolest wreath or whatever but like right. I was on my way and almost had it finished designing and I'm like you know what I'm just, I'm not going to finish the deadline. Is in how many hours? It's just, it's not going to happen. It's, it's, I'll work on it again someday, perhaps. Maybe I'll get it done in time for next Christmas. We'll <laughs> <so I> <laughs> um, <laughs>
2: have another contest and I can submit it for
1: Exactly. Exactly. No design wasted. Uh, but
0: right, right,
1: right. I, I agree. Is this the experience of just trying it out, whether it turns into something that it was meant to be, something completely different or you know, if you just had a fun time doing it, um I'll definitely right, keep an right. eye out for some more uh in the future.
2: Uh so I was curious, um, before we're done here, I wanted to ask how is uh any updates with Macro and Mania? Like anything um, going on with that?
1: So I am getting ready to do a couple things. Um I am working with my mentor, this go around. We are getting it the art and the graphics together so that I can have my first uh, professionally crafted copy made and sent over nice, to Nice, nice. I'm so excited. Uh, and we're also getting together um, sell sheets. I'm going to try and, and give pitching mm-hmm. a go. Um, I think later on, a month from now or two, there's something going on. We'll, we'll try that. And there are a couple other things I want to submit it to. Um, so just kind of going to see, what the reception is to it in those places. And then I'm also still investigating because it's a small game. It's, it's, it's bounced back and forth between cards and tokens, cards and tokens. But I think tokens is what it's going to be um, because the component cost is not that great. I'm also looking into, I've always wanted to run my own business for a long time. I just never got around to doing it because I was, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> so I'm definitely investigating the Kickstarter route. And if that was to happen, it definitely, you know, I would be behind if I wanted to do it this summer. So (laughs) it'd be much further down the road, but um, kind of want to investigate all my options before I commit to something and then start planning for, I'd like to though have a plan for what I want to do with it in the coming months and then execute that. Um, That's awesome. So it's moving along.
2: (laughs) That's, that's fantastic. And I think that's super cool that you're investigating all the different things you could do with it to decide What you want to do with it. I think that's great. Um, You know, small games are great like that, right? Because you're like, I could just do this myself. Like, that's a possibility, you know?
1: It's not, you know, there's only literally, you know, not a handful. There are a decent number of tokens in there. But definitely something I can fit in a small box Versus if it was one of my, I do have something I'm working on that's like, it's. There's a lot, a lot involved. And that's mm-hmm. something <laughs> I would say I wouldn't want to kickstart it myself. But I've talked to other people who are like, uh, there there could be merit to kickstarting a $39 game or a $49, right, right. Know, $49 game instead of the, there's just a lot of crowded competition in the $19 to $25 game range sometimes. There and, is, you know, yep um there's definitely something i think this one macaron media, would probably be one of those 19 to 20 something um games and so i don't know if i want to get in there by myself or do i want to see if i can you know decisions decisions for sure
2: it's yeah and there are no easy decisions with this you know i've there's a game i've been working on to publish and now we're actually showing it to some publishers because like it's a game where like there's, there's some licensing opportunities with it possibly. So like, if they want to publish it that way, then it's worth my while in and, and me and the co-designers while to not publish it ourselves and instead to, uh, you know, let, uh, let somebody else do it for us. So, <laughs> um you know, it's, it's, it is important, you know, to, to think about those different, those different avenues of publishing, right. you know, and um, and I think this if if this last year has done anything really well for game design, that's I mean, there are some things we've talked about before, you know, easy ease of meetings and things like that. But like, um, I think that in general, like, it really has made a lot of creativity, you know, just explode in how the different ways people can put games out. Right.
0: Agreed. Um, and Agreed.
2: you're seeing a lot more. Just people like us, like saying, like, oh, I think I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna put a game on Kickstarter." You know, like I don't necessarily want to be a big publisher, but right. I think I might want to publish a few things that I'm working on, and I think that's cool. And so that's that's just awesome. Like I'm I'm stoked that more and more people are doing that.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, yeah. Well, excellent here. So we are uh we're about to the end of our time here. I, I'm excited. This was a a fun discussion, and um, yeah, I was. Was great to hear your perspective on uh, the roll and write. In case anybody is like, you didn't do a pitch, that was kind of a, uh, uh, we talked about Raven's game within the topic. Uh, that just worked better this time uh, because, um, yeah, because it was, it really, it really went well with the topic. Yeah. And um, yeah, and I, I, it's a game that I super would love to play sometime if you get it like on TTS or something, you know? Um, yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, um, once I get like it. I, said, I love them. I love roll and rights.
1: No. <laughs> um but
2: for sure that'd be great awesome yeah sounds like fun cool and uh so all the listeners out there uh thanks again for tuning in uh if you want to get in touch with us you can go to buildinggamepodcast.com you can join our discord channel which information about there uh we're all in the discord channel Mm -hmm. uh so you can come chat with any of us including raven Mm -hmm. um in addition to that of course you can always call our phone number 770 tell btg uh, I want to remind everybody again that if you are interested in asking a question of any of the hosts, uh, myself, uh, the other regular hosts, the uh, the mentorship hosts now, uh, please uh, do that. Call, leave a message, uh, tell us who it's for, and I will make sure the next time they're on that they answer that question. Um, so that'll be great. Um, so especially if you've got ideas about the topic they are talking about or something like that and you wanna you want to ask that, please do. All right. In addition to that, of course, you can find us on Twitter, um you can find me at uh J. A. Slingerland. the podcast at podcast btg raven you are what is your twitter
1: i am uh at underscore raven mckenzie Pretty straightforward okay <laughs>
2: that was my first instinct because i follow you and i was like i think it's that but then i remember your discord name is completely different yes. and your email is completely different yes. so i was like <laughs> Oh, wait, I'm going to say this wrong because I did that to Jamie. I uh, uh, I linked to the wrong. The first thing I did was I linked to one of their other Twitters they use. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, so now I'm all paranoid. I'm going to screw it up again. Uh, um, so, yes. Excellent. So, awesome. At Raven McKenzie. Uh, follow mm-hmm. her. And, uh, yes, and uh, please come back next time. Uh, Raven will be back in about a month or so here. And uh, we already know what we're going to talk about. Hopefully going to have a guest on a chat with us, and it's going to be fun. I think we're both going to get to learn some cool stuff about that. So, yeah. So, uh, until next time, everybody, good night.
0: Good night. Building the game with
2: Jason and friends. With Jason and friends. Building the game. Building the game
0: with Jason and friends. With Jason and friends.
2: Dial 770 Tell BTG, Please don't use the email.